Hi everyone, Beth here. If you are struggling to find your homeschool vibe and are looking for ways to get your kids to get their schoolwork done, or ways for you to keep your sanity as a homeschool parent, or how to handle your many responsibilities while still feeling relaxed and loving homeschooling, then my book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe, might be just what you're looking for. In my book, I share how to shift your mindset to help you as the parent stay focused on the point of all of this, which is the love of learning. I also share some tried and true homeschool mom life hacks for every day. You can find the book in the show notes or by searching for Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Before the episode begins, we just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Remember, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify, which helps the podcast get noticed by more people, which helps more homeschool families. Don't forget to check the show notes for other ways to support the podcast. Let's get the show started. Hello, welcome to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Beth. Hi, Beth. Hi. Today we are, oh, we talked last time about homeschooling through big life challenges um, because we've both had some big stuff going on. Beth has like this amazing new book out, Um, which took up some of her time. um, And I had to help some family with um, some medical stuff going on. So it has kind of been busy, but now we are back and we are talking about um, choosing a curriculum or various curricula. That's like one of the biggest things people talk about, like, oh uh-huh. my gosh, on every board. Yeah. Every park day, though, and there's a new person. Yes. Every park day, <laughs> and which I don't blame anybody for doing it because everybody's wanting to learn and stuff like that. But it was yeah. like, Every time the new person came, they were like searching for help for that. Yes, that that is legitimate. Like every single new person that shows up at park day is like, okay, so how do you choose a curriculum? Oh, so what do you use for this? What do you use for this? But then even when you've been homeschooling for a while and you kind of get to a new stage or whatever, you're like, oh, what are you using for high school for this? Mm -hmm. Oh, what are you doing for this? It's like, it's such a big topic. And the funny thing is that it's, while it kind of takes center stage as the biggest topic for homeschooling, it's not, um, I don't know. It's not as important as people think it is. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. It takes more, way more time up of their energy up than it needs to. Like it's, yeah, they put a lot of energy and worry into it and it, I don't, I'm with you. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be that, um, worrisome. Especially if you, especially if you have like a, if you're, if you have like some kind of like co-op or um, learning Mm -hmm. center near you that has curriculum that you could go look at or share or different things like that to, or buy it used or swap it or whatever. That way you can, it's not as scary when you're, when you're spending money out of pocket on like Uh a big expensive curriculum, I think that causes a lot of worry. So that's why people get kind of nervous. So, yeah. So do you think there's a perfect curriculum, Beth? No, there is no perfect no. curriculum, but there's a lot of good curriculum. 
there are. There and, but no. people want that perfect one. They're like, I want the all-in-one perfect curriculum. So how about all-in-ones? Is that something you've used for your family? We tried it one year and it was a miserable failure. It was so <laughs> awful. <laughs> all-in-ones are really hard because they assume that the child is all at the same level for every subject. And yeah, my son's always been, he was always way ahead in vocabulary. And so he was like bored with part of it. And then um, other parts, well, actually with most of it, he was bored, but, but yeah, but yeah. anyway, but if it, 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 my point is, is that they'll be at different. Most kids are not all at the same level of every subject. Most, most kids aren't. Yeah. So, and it's really hard yeah, to gauge sure. because what if your kid's like two grades in advance, advance over that, that, because each curriculum company has different levels too. Like one math program might right. be at a different, like, uh, uh, I can't find the word, but it might be at a different level difficulty, difficulty uh-huh. and, but it says seventh grade, they both see seventh grade and one is doing right. really like intense problems and the other one is more basic. And so it's really hard to just yeah. buy an all-in-one. Um, curriculum. It it really is. Yeah. I totally agree. It hasn't, they have not worked for our family either. And I know that they, I think for a lot of new people, they are like, Hey, I just want the perfect curriculum. Give me an all in one for fifth grade or whatever, because it would be easy. It would be easy to buy one thing and have it work for every subject for your child. But I mean, if you're in public school and everyone has to be on the same, you know, fifth grade curriculum or whatever, everybody has to be learning the same thing, whatever it is, then it makes more sense. But we are not. We get the the choice to, you know, let our kids learn at their ability level, no matter what that could be, you know, and like Beth said, like you could have a child that, you know, is in fifth grade and reading at 10th grade level and, you know, writing at, you know, eighth grade level and doing science and history at sixth grade level, but they might be at third grade level or fourth grade level in math. And you want to let them continue to learn and grow in those areas and be able to focus on them, but you don't want to hold them back in all the other areas. Right. Right. Um, So I think one of the biggest things when choosing curriculum is thinking about how your child learns best, like what their preferences are. Like Beth, do your kids work the same? Like, do they both like have strengths in the same areas and learn best in the same way? No, they've been very different. And so that was, it was really fun to, actually see how different they were. They love a lot of the same exact things, but they're very different with the way that they absorb things and learn and analyze. They're very different. So, um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So my daughter took a little bit longer to read, but she still loved audiobooks and would listen to them as much as her big brother would be reading, um, without an audio help, <laughs> but yeah. it was just different. It was different. And she had to be playing with something in order to hear well, like, cause she's got ADHD. Right. And so being able to play the beads or something. So anyway, yeah, every kid is so different and yeah. every kid learns differently. And it's really about like watching how your kids learn and trying to figure out when they yeah. come to you excited about something they learned, observe how they learned it. Like if they're like, Oh my right. gosh, if they learned it hands-on or they learned it from a learning game or if they, whatever, however they learned it or speaking to an expert in that subject, whatever it is that excites them, like pay attention to how they learned it and how they got excited about it. And then try and figure out ways to find a curriculum or, or a type of um, learning opportunity that delivers it that way, the work the best. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. You know, my oldest, he can read a book. He can answer the questions and get a hundred percent done. He doesn't need to do anything else. 
And then my second comes along and she's like, well, if I read this in the book, I'm not going to retain it. I'm not going to comprehend parts of it, whatever. So she needs to hear it via audiobook. She needs to do a hands-on project. She needs to watch a documentary about it. So many other ways. And she can learn the exact same information as my son, but she has to learn it in a different way. So that I, the, you know, that we have the flexibility to offer the, her the opportunity to learn in the way that learn that she learns best is awesome. And then my youngest comes along and she kind of wants a, you know, like a mixture of both. She wants to do a bunch of the hands-on stuff, but she can also read it and, you know, know exactly what she read and, and it works well for her. So it's good, like you said, to like observe how your kids are learning and what works best for them. And like some kids really are okay sitting down and doing book work. Some kids mm-hmm. enjoy that. And some kids, a lot of kids do not, and it doesn't work well for them to expect them to or to ask them to just sit down and try to read something and answer questions or take a test or whatever. And some kids prefer to learn online and they do better online. Mm -hmm. So I think like us watching our kids is the key to figuring it out. Um, But some, like one of the other keys for our family, and I know for you too, Beth, and for a lot of homeschoolers, um, is to have input from your kids and to have them figure out, you know, like how they want to meet the goals for the upcoming year. And so like in my family, sometime between March and May each year, I sit with my kids. I've already done it for this year. And we decide, okay, what are we going to focus on next year? You know, what are your interests? What do you want to delve like into really like head first? What are some things you want to try out that maybe you don't really know a lot about yet? So you can kind of experiment with them. Um, and then here's some things that you, that I, I'm saying you need to learn and how do you want to go about learning those things? And so being able to do that and, you know, being able to look through various choices for how they want to learn about a particular subject or talking about it with them and then kind of coming up with expectations, it works really well when they are the ones doing the choosing instead of me saying, oh, here's your books, here's what you're going to do. And then they're like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like I, I had picked out this math curriculum that I thought my son would love. Cause I thought it looked really fun. All these colors and really cool stuff. This is when he was probably first, um, first grade probably. And I just thought it was really pretty <laughs> like, Ooh, <laughs> and then he gets there and he's like, this is, he was just frustrated. And I was like, what is it? And he said, all the colors and all the things are, it's too distracting. I just want to look at those. And I don't want to think. So when I found the Matthew C program, it's very minimalist looking and he just thrived with that. Like, so like something we might think is like amazing doesn't work for them. And that might've worked better for another child. It might've been their favorite curriculum to have the bright colors and the cute pictures Mm -hmm. and stuff, but not for my son. It was not, he did not like it. (laughs) So yeah. And yet he was able to, to use Matthew C successfully for many years. right? Right. Yeah. That was his probably number one. Um, for math, that was his number one. He tried teaching textbooks also, which is a good program, but he preferred Matthew C. But teaching yeah. textbooks is really and cool because so, it grades the stuff for you. <laughs> I'm that's like, that's a nice. win. <laughs> yeah. And so just comparing them a little bit, like Matthew C um, has like a lot of different components, right? It has manipulatives. It has a book. It has, it has a video. video to watch. Yeah. And what we, we yeah. did is, because we always, with curriculum, this is another thing that you might do. We ended up always picking and choosing parts of the curriculum um, to use. We did right. not use everything. Like, he never used yeah. the manipulatives. We had Thanks. the whole entire set, and he never used them. 
he didn't need to, but there might've been another mm-hmm. kid that needed the manipulatives to have it click for their brain. For him, he didn't even care about it. He, he, yeah. he played with them for fun, but not for his lessons. Yeah. Like he makes swords out of them and stuff, but like yeah. <laughs> out of the little blocks. <laughs> But anyway, yes. So, um, but he would but watch the DVD. He'd watch the DVD, which was really cool because when he got into the more advanced math, um, I could watch it with him because until like probably sixth or seventh grade, I didn't need to look at the video or the teacher's manual. Right. And, um, and, but the, but around then I could watch it and go, Oh, I remember this. Okay. I know how to help with this, but, and then, and then that got to the, be the point that I couldn't help him. It, he could look up Khan Academy, um, demonstration videos. Those are really handy right. when you need extra help. Yeah. Um, and so we would, uh, check those out, but, um, but yeah, it was, so it has a video and he'd watch it. And what we ended up doing is, um, they have like the, what's it called? Like the work to the worksheets. They've got the workbook for the unit. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, for a while he would do all of the worksheets and then he would take the unit test. But then what yeah. we were figuring out was he was like, mom, I, I know I've got this and I'm really bored <laughs> doing all this busy work. And I, I was like, okay, well, if you can pass the tests and not do the busy work and you could pass it high enough, yeah. then I'd feel comfortable with you moving on. Cause Matthew C keeps building on each other. So you're not, it's not right. going on to a whole new topic. It's always building on the next level. It's always building up. And so he did that and he ended up like whipping through like three grades of math in like a year. And because, and he loved doing it more. He was like more into it then because he wasn't bored. So when he was always learning new things, he wasn't bored. So that's one of the cool things about homeschooling is you can really customize it to each child where my Uh daughter struggles with retention. So she'd have to do the practice work. So she'd have to do it more. Um, than he did. And so each child is different and it's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. One of the things I, go ahead. No. I was going to say one of the things I like about Matthew C is that um, it does have those different worksheets. Like if you just do, uh, there's like A, B, C, D, E, F or something, maybe G yeah. also. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you're just doing like a basic overview of the concept and then you're kind of doing a little bit harder one mm-hmm. for b and then for c there's like a little bit of review included or whatever and so it really is good that you can choose like where your child's level is and whether they need to do every single worksheet or whether they already have mastered it and you can just move on it's super flexible and mm-hmm. you were saying that your oldest didn't need to use the manipulatives whereas when we've used matthew c my kids are the my two kids that have used it are both like hands-on the whole time like they have the 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 manipulatives out with them the entire time and they're using them along with the video like and it works perfectly for them yeah so i love that it's that flexible you know and that we can tailor it to our kids yeah and a tip um on their website i haven't been on it in a while but they used to have um assessment tests on there so you could figure out which level your child was at and i really really like doing that um, I think the assessments are actually really good. They, they, um, well, because we had my stepdaughter do it and we were trying to figure out when she was homeschooled for one semester and it was very helpful. And then I was able to call the company and they helped me pick out which curriculum she needed based on her test results. It was really, it's a really neat company. Matthew C is a great company. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned mm-hmm. teaching textbooks too. We did use that for a short period of time. Um, but again, between my kids, they used it differently. My son was like, I could just do the work or yeah, do the workbook and nothing else and move on. And then I graded his work. My daughter was like, I need to 
watch the little video. I need to do the um, online questions and then I need to write it all in the book also so that she yeah. can cement the, the um, comprehension. But it's interesting that they were able to use it in different ways, mm-hmm. but still totally successfully and that it grades it for you. is kind of nice know. if you're not that using the workbook. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm Teaching textbooks is pretty cool too. I, I liked it. I wanted my kids to use it more, but it just... Uh, my yeah, son had his, you know, he wanted to do a faster. So it, it worked out to do math. Yeah. see that worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. We've used other maths too in the past. We've, um, when my kids were younger, we used Singapore. And one of the ones that I loved um, at like kindergarten and first grade age is Singapore early bird math. And that's like the super colorful, cute little things, all pictures all in it. And I don't know if that's the one your son did not care for, yep, but it was, it is, yeah. <laughs> but that's the one that both of my, actually all three of my kids in their first years, like up until sixth grade is when we did that for the two older kids, because we just love Singapore math so much and they love the colorfulness. And once, like when you get into a little bit older grades, they start being just in black and white. My kids are like, this is not as fun. <laughs> they want the color, wanted the color in there. So again, it was good to have them pick out, you know, what worked yeah. for them. Um, okay, so how can you find out more about curriculum, a, a curriculum choice or um, curriculum? There's, choice? you know, always asking friends that are homeschoolers, I think talking to a lot mm-hmm. of people. And also with that said, n- remember, just remember that even in your own family, one kid will like it and one kid won't or whatever. So just, but the best way I think would be to like talk to friends in a homeschool group or ask online. But if anybody that, you know, locally, you could look at the curriculum and have your child look at it. If you're lucky enough to have like a homeschool store, sometimes the homeschool Mm -hmm. store will have um, a lot of times the curriculum is wrapped up so you can't open it and look at it, but sometimes they'll have um, a sample copy you can sift through and look at and um, your children can look at it too, but just make sure your kids are part of it. Um, and yeah. used curriculum. We had an amazing, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. We had an amazing homeschool store near there and it's called a Briar child. Oh my gosh. Like we would go in there and spend so much time because you can look through the books in a lot of the cases and you can look through their manipulatives and you can look through their projects and it makes a big difference to be able to put your hands on the stuff and actually touch it and let your kids look through it and help make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So and like, like Beth said too, like online where you can go and do assessments, that is a big, huge deal too. Yeah. And, and really, I think if you can get your hands on used um, curriculum, um, it doesn't matter if a couple pages are written in, cause sometimes that happens. It'll yeah. just have a couple pages and somebody doesn't use it anymore. Don't worry if your kids mm-hmm. miss a couple pages out of a workbook they'll still, they can still learn yeah. everything in there. So don't, don't be worried yes. about that. But if it can save you like $50 or something like that to lose a couple pages, yeah. just, just don't even worry about it. <laughs> right. But, um, and you could always talk with your kids about whatever right. was on those pages without having them, you know, figure out like, you know, Oh, that says it's the answer is number three. Like who cares? Like exactly. we can just do this orally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree. I'm all about finding it, you know, finding stuff used when possible and online is a lot of there are a lot of good choices for that um also i've used thrift books a lot and abe books a b e books um i've gotten a bunch of homeschool curriculum from those for my daughter that has autism a lot of times if i'm wanting to introduce grade level 
topics to her, but they have to be at a level that is written. They have to be written at a level that is a lot lower than grade level. Um, they, they at a books and thrift books, I've been able to find a lot of um, just re, kind of like remedial textbooks or, um, you know, even on Amazon, sometimes I've found them or eBay and been able to find one. And sometimes those things are hundreds of dollars to buy. They can be so expensive, but being, but looking on thrift books or a books has really helped me to be able to find at a reasonable cost, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I just remembered that there's, um, easy peasy, um, homeschool. If, if you're in one. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's a free online, uh, curriculum uh, that you can use and just go through the years. And I think it's K through 12, right? It does. I think it goes through all of the grades. Um, we, we did not, we use them occasionally. We didn't use it all the time, but, um, they do have some like good, um, they have some good worksheets and they've got some, uh, they've got, they've got a lot of good guidance on there. So if you're on a really tight budget, that's a really good option. Um, and they cover things really yeah, well. for sure. For sure. And that one, like some kids don't do well with workbooks or textbooks and maybe they want an online program or maybe for your family, for whatever reason, it, it works better to do online. Um, and e- so what Beth was mentioning was easy peasy all in one homeschool. Um, literally you can pick by grade, you can pick by subject, you mm-hmm. can choose just the subjects that you want your child to do. If you're like, oh, I'm not interested in having them do this particular subject, you can omit that. Um, there are also paid online programs like Time for Learning or Power Homeschool. Um, so there are a lot of different choices. They don't have to be pricey. There are a lot of ways to do it without spending a lot of money. But if, you know, online is your jam and or your kid's jam and you want to go with something like um, Power Homeschool or Time for Learning, those work well too. The only thing to think about when you're using online is that there are a lot of um, online options that are actually just public schools. And it's sometimes it's hard to figure out because it seems like, oh, you know, we're homeschooling, we're doing this at home. But a lot of times um, there are things like K-12 where you actually have to log in. It's an online public school. You log in during specific hours. You have specific assignments. Everything is handled by the public school teacher. They'll be issued a public school um, report card. It's just public school that is not at, not, you know, at a specific school. So just keep that in mind if you're looking, if you're trying to stick with homeschooling and choose your own curriculum and your own grade levels and all of that, that you're going to want to look at something that you can do that with, not, yeah. you know, just actual public school at home. Yeah. Um, my, my son really liked, and my daughter did too for a little while, like some of the, we used time for learning for some things. So um, mm-hmm. it was like a monthly subscription. I want to say it's like 20-ish dollars a month, I think, for I the think family, so. I think. Yeah. And um, so each yeah. kid could log in and so it'd be to their grade level. And then it would be like, I could say, do um, an English lesson, language arts lesson, whatever it was. And they could do that um, for like 15 minutes and they could get like a check marked off for the day kind of thing that they did a little bit of extra stuff where it would cover some of the things we might not cover in our reading um, different things that we might not hit, but, um, we didn't use it exclusively ever, but it was really handy, especially on days I was really busy. I could go, go log in there and, (laughs) you know, do some stuff on there. And, and uh, like for a few of the grades, they've got some really funny things that the kids actually really liked. Some of their reading things were like, like my kids would be in hysterics over, be just laughing so hard. And then they got old. And then when they got older, they lost whoever was making the first K through four or whatever, it makes really funny ones. Yeah. And then it got really boring. 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I might yes. have it wrong on the grades, but anyway, it's another yeah, good program no. to try out for just kind of supplemental, I think. But. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was, something I was going to mention too, is mm-hmm. that if your kid or kids are doing online only classes, make sure that you still have a lot of hands-on educational mm-hmm. opportunities available to them. Don't be like, okay, they're doing their online work. That's all they do. Now they're done. Like that ideally when you're homeschooling, you want to make sure they're learning, not just that they checked off their box and nothing else. Like Beth said, right. she used it as just like a supplement to what they actually learn. And I mean, I agree. We have used some of the online programs and we always just use it as like a supplement to our real learning, which our real learning happens out in the world and at home and at park day and in classes with friends and, you know, learning so much other, I mean, so many, you have so many other learning opportunities. Um, So if you are doing online learning, just make sure there's still a lot of other learning, you know, hands-on opportunities for your kids as well. Yeah, totally agree. Because you want your kids to actually love learning. And I think when you're at a laptop all day long, it kind of kills some of that. So definitely hands-on and stuff is, yeah, you want to create a lifelong learner. For sure. Not a check the boxer. Okay, so I have a question for you. (laughs) What? (laughs) Not a check the boxer, I said. (laughs) Not a check the boxer. No. Okay, so I have a big question for you. I hear this one a lot too. Beth? What if you choose a curriculum and you realize after a while that it's not working? Do you have to use it for the rest of the year? No, you can shift and change it up right away. And you might even be able to sell that curriculum or trade it for a different yeah. one. Um, I, I think that that is a really important thing to be able to be flexible. Being flexible, uh-huh. it just, it's so, uh, yeah. Like I think people get really stuck on, oh, they're behind, they're behind, they're behind if they ended up not liking something. Yeah. So they gave up on it. Don't, don't get in that mindset. Just get in there and, and just go, Oh, well, this isn't working. Let's keep learning and figure out right. a new way. Like really seriously, yeah. do not get stuck on that. Let's take a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. Absolutely. Total agreement on that one. Um, so Beth and I have been doing this for 10 million years, homeschooling our kids. Um, so we have used like 7 billion different types of like either online things or hand, hand, not hand line, online <laughs> things or hands on thing or workbooks or whatever, just different curricula. Um, so some of the ones I thought it might be helpful if we just mentioned some of the ones that we've used that, you know, we have enjoyed or just the differences between some of them. Um, so we were kind of talking about reading and language arts briefly, and we realized that neither of us have used a strict, um, language arts curriculum ever in our children's lifetime. We each have graduated a child. <laughs> we right. have never used a, a strict language arts curriculum because 
what do we do instead? We read and read and read and read and read. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that, and that, and that, and that, that's what we do. We read all the time. But then, I mean, there are other things like Beth was mentioning, like um, sight word practice games. Mm-hmm. Like we, uh, we have had tons of board games in our house where you're, you know, matching things up that are words where you're just doing a bunch of stuff, like so many different ways to learn. We have used um, explode the code workbooks, which are always just kind of a fun workbook that I can have my kids be able to just sit and do on their own. If I'm engaged in something else and I need them to do a little bit of work on their own, I could be like, oh, you could work on your explode the code a little bit. And all three of my kids did those start to finish. Um, But like the biggest thing, and we both have kids that all read and can, you know, write and spell and all of those things and use correct grammar, even when we can't. Yep. (laughs) um, Yeah. I mean, you know, and they each have their own strengths. You know, I have one child, I have, like I said, schooled all three of my kids the same way. One child who can spell everything, his grammar is excellent, whatever. I have one child who, like, when she tries to spell, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what you're trying to say. Like, but, and we all have those strengths. And mm-hmm. I have, I mentioned recently to somebody that I have a nephew who literally is an attorney and he has like, seven degrees and his spelling is so atrocious and it's a good reminder to me that it's okay if our kids are not excellent in every part of their education because some things are strengths and weaknesses and some things you can just go through life and still become an attorney and have like seven degrees and you know it's okay that you're not a perfect speller right yep Anyway, so we kind of talked about math a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other math things we've used. For my daughter with autism, I did use Times Tales, which is like um, T-A-L-E-S, like Times Stories. Times Tales, that one um, is like you're reading a story and numbers are incorporated into it. And you use that story to help um, your child like kind of cemented in their brain what the the multiplication facts are and so we use that very successfully for actually both my both my daughters but for my daughter with autism worked really well because it was visual it was creating stories and for her that was enough to cement those multiplication tables which the numbers did not work for her at all so doing it in a story form actually worked really well for her is is that i've never used life of fred but I heard a lot oh, of good like things that about that. Is that similar to that? Like, mm-hmm. cause I remember it being like more of a story from what I heard people talking about. Yes. It. I always thought that sounded really interesting, but we never used it. Yeah. Life of Fred is really good too. Life of Fred is like a storybook and you're reading it and you're going through the story and you're talking about the concepts and learning about concepts without a lot of, um, there is not a lot of required, like written work for that. There is some you stop and do, um, as opposed to times tales where it's more like um, just a graphic of maybe the number seven and she's driving a car and she's going, you know, with, and she has a name and then her name's Mrs. Weeks, by the way, um, (laughs) because she's seven and there's seven days in the weeks. And then she's driving with um, the snowman lady. I can't remember her name, but she's an eight and they're driving somewhere and they're going one mile over the speed limit. They're going 56 miles an hour. But when you multiply seven times eight, you get 56. Um, but it's just like a like a graphic 
almost looks like a picture book. That's cool. And it just tells a little story. You read the story to your kids, you talk about it, whatever. It gives you like step-by-step instructions. It was like integral in my daughter with autism learning her times tables. Um, as opposed to Life of Fred, where it's literally like, you know, you're just reading a story, just a story basically, which is also awesome. I like that one as well. Yeah. Um, what else? So we talked a little bit about those science Again, science is one of those ones that, I mean, have you used a science curriculum? We've never used a science curriculum, but we've done a lot of science and had a lot of fun with it. We did have a science experiment book that my kids loved and we'd pick one out like uh, every week, probably where we do a kid's experiment. Um, I I could not find the book on Amazon. Otherwise I'd link to it in the show notes, but um, it was a really fun, cool book um, that explained it in a really silly way. Like this lab rat guy doing experiments, and we got to do hands on experiments with things from the house. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. But that, we have we never have used have curriculum, not, though. Yeah. And science is one of those things that um, we have not used like a regular curriculum for either. We have done Evan Moore Daily Science, which goes like, I think, kindergarten up to sixth grade. And I used it with all three of my kids. Um, they actually like it. It's just like you, it's, it says daily, meaning you would do a question a day. But we don't do it that way. We do it just, you know, several of the little units at a time. And you're just basically reading a page and answering the questions. For my daughter with autism, I would read her the page and then she would answer the questions. Um, is, is that like, um, you know, those workbooks like Spectrum, I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And we yeah, would do those Spectrum. for samples. <laughs> right. For, and, sa- yeah. for teacher yeah. samples, we would do that for our portfolio. But we would do it on right. what we were, so it, we were learning yeah. about. Like if we were learning about volcanoes, whatever it was. We'd learn all about them all these different ways, yeah. but then we'd go answer questions. So we'd have some things for our portfolio that proved that they learned it. Right. So, but we didn't yeah. follow the whole curriculum. We used the worksheets out of it for our portfolio to talk about right. what we actually did all the fun things with and learned, learned. actual yes. learning. Actual we learning. <laughs> yes. We'd find a worksheet yes. that would support um, our actual learning for our portfolio. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. These ones, my kid, kids actually just did, but then we would do them quickly because they were not, I mean, they're kind of just like a base for our learning. And then we just do like a billion hands-on things. Like you're talking about, um, so many experiments and so many projects and like growing plants and growing critters. Like we've done the ladybug larva, Mm -hmm. um, and we've grown them. We've done, um, what are the other ones? Butterflies. The cat, we've done caterpillars. What? Yeah, butterflies. Yeah. Butterflies, yes. Okay. We've done praying mantis um, egg cases. We've done frogs. We've done so many different things um, that we've grown. And so, so much cool learning, like at all different. And then we've also done a ton of experiments, like extracting um, strawberry DNA. Um, we have done, you know, growing mold and doing different samples. Like there are so many cool things that you can do for science. So amazing without having to do a bunch of sit down work. We did also um, do the Apologia junior notebooking, which is kind of fun in the younger ages. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Most of our stuff was just hands-on for science. Yeah, we, we, we did I'm drawing a blank on that program. It's a really neat program, but my kids just weren't into it. The one where it's like, if you get a big stack of books and it'll be like all through reading 
and you'll read all these different things and you fill out little workbooks um and it has like oh, rainbow page yeah 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 um but yes and that would hit on the different subjects but my kids like yes. they, they like parts of it but we didn't again do the whole entire thing they didn't care for it for everything but it was, it was I liked it right. it was neat yeah but again I would only get that for I would get that used because um that one <laughs> you can find it used and it's um you can just kind of pick and choose what you like out of it that's a neat yeah. thing yeah we have done some of the um unit studies from that like for um that accompany, accompany different books like yes. Charlotte, Charlotte's webs or whatever, Charlotte's webs. Yeah. She only had one web, <laughs> Charlotte's web, um, or whatever. So we have done yeah. different unit studies through moving beyond the page too, which we've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, we did yeah, the pearl. The other big one and, is. Sorry. One? We did the pearl and the K. Oh, yes. the Kai. How do you say it? That one? Okay. I say the K, K but the audio book said it differently. So then I felt like, oh man, I'm kind of dumb maybe key. we need a key it was the key it. that's how they said it like florida keys <gasps> and i was like key. oh that's pr- i'm i'm pretty sure that's how he pronounced it i would believe it yeah we're just having california accents or something um okay so then the other <laughs> one the is best ones so. <laughs> hey i don't know i'm in missouri so <laughs> <laughs> um so social studies history geography have you used anything for that Let's take a quick break. Hey, parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. Um, did you, sorry, history? Is that yeah, history, social studies, <laughs> geography, anything like that. Um, yeah, we, we really liked um, the story of the world. That's our, our number yeah. one favorite. And it's just a really great program. Um, and you can use it with all the ages in your house. Um, even I think it's supposed to really go, I think eighth grade is I think kind of what it's geared for, but it goes beyond that. It's totally fine. I love learning from it too. Like I enjoyed it just as much as the kids did. And it's just so much fun because it's a program, um, that, uh, you can have, we liked it on audio. Um, and we also would read the book too. Um, so it has a chapter and then it has like a, 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 like a book that has activities in it. It also has some Mm -hmm sheets that you can um have like activity like coloring pages and maps for the different area you're learning about and it gives you kind of assignments for that and then but it also has these really cool hands-on activity ideas and it's usually stuff you can get all around the house it's not like it doesn't have to be elaborate or extensive but my kids totally love that I loved it we did it multiple years and um and my kids like with that and some other of the, they, um, between that and reading, um, uh, historical fiction book, kids books, they have learned Mm -hmm. so much history, but the combo of those things, the combo of story of the world and the historical fiction books have been huge. My kids know more about the world than I do. Well, about (laughs) the history of the world. I still know more. (laughs) I still have the wisdom (laughs) part. Gosh, guys. Yes. Yes. Don't sass me. Yes. Um, so I totally agree. We love story of the world too. And we did it as a co-op for a while, which was pretty fun. Um, 
my kids have also done like we've done Evan Moore history pockets, which mm. is super fun. It's basically unit studies. Um, we've done Evan Moore daily geography, just so they're familiar with geography. And that's just like the daily science one. It's just like, basically you could read the page and do one question a day, but my kids are like, that's ridiculous. Why wouldn't I do like a bunch of questions all at once and do a, several chapters at once. But that's another one. That's a good one. Like if I'm otherwise engaged with one of the other kids that needs help, then I could say, hey, work on that, your daily geography stuff. And they can mostly do it on their own, which is good. Um, but then so much hands-on stuff. Oh my gosh, history is one of my, history and science, those are like the best. Because you mm -hmm. can do everything hands-on and you can watch cool documentaries and you can read historical fiction and you can like go to so many amazing places that have reenactments that have mm -hmm. like you know historical value i'm like oh my gosh there's so many amazing historical people yeah dude i love history it's awesome yeah so awesome. we do too we love history and science we just we love it it's yeah. so much fun it's definitely well, and then, like you could my favorite to my favorite part of homeschooling is probably history and science, like, um, yes. for, for those things and I love reading. I, I always, you know, we always love reading, but yeah. I got to take my nephew to, um, and my niece too, but my, my nephew was really fun to take, um, to the La Brea Tar Pits, um, like uh -huh. in April and oh my gosh, uh -huh. it just brought so many fun memories back of just like how excited he was to try and pull the stick out of the tar and like, he was like yeah. trying to show his muscles and all that he learned. And he thanked me over and over and over for taking them. So and it was so much fun. And so taking your kids to these places and the science yes. and history places is just, it is so fun. Like I'm, I'm a nerd though, a little bit yes. kind of a nerd. I'm a no, nerd. No, me too. We're both nerds. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the cool part is like having all of those experiences with your kids and exploring so many places with your kids. Like, oh my gosh, we have gone to so many amazing not a blazing hopefully they're not a blazing oh so many amazing places with our kids we're like oh my gosh like we went to carlsbad caverns in new mexico a few years ago and i'm like it's so gorgeous and amazing like learning about the geology and learning about you know the way our earth is formed learning about all these different things it's just like oh my gosh like i could go to those places all day long every day i would be mm -hmm. so happy i'd be like yeah. the happiest person ever <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else. One of the overall references that I liked when my kids are in the younger ages, which my youngest is now starting the very last of these, but um, it's the what your like second grader or whatever grader needs to know series of books. And I've loved it even from kindergarten when my oldest was in kindergarten. I had that book and it was like, oh, you know, talk about folk stories uh, or folk tales. And then it would give like several folk tales right there that you could read. And it would say like, oh, talk about, you know, how you, you know, the difference between hopping on one foot and hopping on two foot you know, or two feet, you know, work on that together or whatever. It would have all these different skills that you just kind of want to think about touching on, you know, during that school year. And it's a super simple, I don't know, it's just such a super simple resource to have on hand. And you could definitely find them online at thrift books or a books or like, you know, Amazon or eBay or whatever. And like having something like that, especially because I hear the question a lot of like, well, how do you know what to teach your child in that grade? Right. And some people don't want to go by state standards. Some people are not happy with certain standards that are, you know, out there. Some people are not like, are thinking, you know, things are not, not really going the way they would want them to, as far as what kids are being taught each year. And they want to know, like, what do we really want to be teaching them? What are things that are important that we're teaching our kids? 
And that's just a very basic series that really is a great resource for like yeah. K through six. Yeah. Like I love it. So my, my oldest is now going into sixth grade. We're just now finishing up fifth grade. So it's like my last year of having that handy reference guide before things get a little, you know, You're, you mean your youngest, year. not your oldest. My is youngest. Not going, yeah. Not my oldest. Just to clarify. Yeah, my oldest is going into sixth yeah. grade. <laughs> Her oldest is in college, but (laughs) yeah, Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, and I was, I was going to say, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that, um, we didn't really talk about like the high school years, which you might be going into, but, um, that's what I was going to say. Sorry. Um, I was going to say that for high school, for me, I, we got more into outsourcing, um, uh, for high school for us, like, um, for some of the subjects, um, we do on our own, but mostly, um, she takes classes at a, a homeschool learning center and then she does college classes too. And so, um, and so she gets uh, dual enrollment credit. It's really handy. So one in our state, I don't know if it works for all the states, but in our state, one semester of college English counts for an entire year of school. Um, so it's a really cool way um, to be earning college credit and finishing up high school. So that's another option for curriculum yeah. choices is using the colleges, using the yes. community colleges, and they're often cheaper or free um, to use the community yeah. college while you're in high school. And they charge more when you yeah. get out of high school. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say too, is that like, we didn't really talk about that stuff, but in two weeks, I believe on our timeline is we are doing a high school like mm. podcast. Um, so we'll talk a lot about that then, because really there are so many options for high school. And I mean, you could do online stuff. You can do books, you know, just standard textbooks, whatever, or you can make up your totally own amazing courses, which mm-hmm. we've done too. You can do co-ops with friends. You can do so many cool things. Like it's, I love high school too. High school. Yeah. And which I know sounds scary because people are always like, Oh my gosh, it's my first time I'm getting to high school, which that's how I was too. But now I'm like, no, high school super fun because you get to learn like specialized, awesome stuff. So yeah. And I think we'll it was actually the easiest for me as a homeschooling parent, I found it to be the easiest part. It was, I was terrified of it too. So it, but I found it to be the easiest. I'm like, Oh, and now that my daughter's driving, I'm like, I feel like I'm just a manager of just making sure she gets her stuff done and just keeping an eye on it. But you know, that that's really it. (laughs) But that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key is like when we've taught our kids to be able to, you know, manage their time, which does take some time to happen and, you know, to do all of these things that we want them to be able to do. And then to see them growing into that and being able to do that on their own is like so awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, any other curricula chat? Not that I can think of. Okay. Oh, I want more. Try to link. Sorry. Last tip. Okay. So when my kids were little, my kids were little, we'd go to the library every week. And this is how we kind of covered history and science too. And I forgot about saying this is we would go every week with our big giant bag on wheels and we'd go to the children's section and I would take them to, they could pick as many books as they wanted of everything. But then what we would do is we'd go hit the different subject areas. So we'd go to the science area and they'd pick a couple books from here and they would each pick out like, so it might be rocks, volcanoes, whatever it was, animals, whatever. And then we'd go over to the history section and they could pull some things out of that area too. So we'd always go home with new books from that area. And so like for a while, my son was obsessed with bodies books, like the, I can't remember the name of the maker of those that I'll find out because they are really cool. Um, but they, um, and he was obsessed with the digestive system or whatever. He was obsessed with these different things. So, um, it was, is really fun way to also cover that 
um, along with doing your science experiments too and stuff like that for science and history, but just finding, just making sure when you're going to the library to hit those areas weekly, if you can. And um, anyway, I just wanted to add that part in. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's good. And you know, I think we're going to have another day that focuses on unit studies because legitimately yeah. I know Beth and I both have like a lot of our homeschooling years have involved a lot of unit studies. Like if your child is all into, you know, like learning about the moon that week and you're literally like making, you know, the paper plate moon cutouts and you're using Oreos or, you know, the off brand, the healthier kind um, <laughs> Oreos to do the phases of the moon. And you're, you know, like making cheese that, you know, from scratch that looks like the moon. There's so many cool things you could do that are about the moon. And it's like doing all of those things and your kids remember those things. My kids remember so many things that we did because they were hands-on, fun, awesome unit studies. Or, you know, we dressed up, we didn't dress up like we we're the man in the moon, but we've dressed up many times to go along with whatever was the unit study we were talking about. And we played music, not from the moon, but from other, you know, unit studies that we've done. We've eaten so much food that's like from unit studies that we've done. Like, it's such a cool way to learn. So we're for sure going to talk about that at some point too. Yep. Um, my One of my favorite quotes, because I have like a billion favorite quotes about homeschooling, is by Mark Twain. And it says, I have never let my schooling interfere with my education. And like, when we that. think about that in terms of curriculum and whether curriculum should be our biggest worry, like the worry that a lot of people make it like, ah, oh, it's the most important thing. It really isn't like the education part and the learning part is going to come from a lot of other places and not just the sit down book work stuff. Yeah. I love that quote. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So um, if you're enjoying our podcast, we would totally love it if you would give us a review on wherever you're listening or a like, and we would super love it if you gave us a share so we can share our information with other people. Um, anything else? I can never remember what to say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, just one more time. Um, uh, if you go to homeschoolvibe.com, um, you'll get, you can see the links to my books. Um, if you, um, and it should be available for print on the ninth to order on Amazon, but it's on Kindle right now. Um, it's find your homeschool vibe, but it'll be linked up on my website too. And you can also go to peacefulhomeschool.com um, to sign up for, um, uh, the newsletter and see the blog posts and stuff like that there. And, find us on Facebook and Instagram and all that yeah. stuff. So, and if you yeah. have topics that you are curious about or would like to hear about, like leave us a little message about that. You know, if there, if you have questions about what we're talking about, about, you know, a particular topic or whatever, like totally leave us a message. We'll be, get on there and respond. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We're excited about you listening today. Yahoo! so much for listening today. If you find value in our podcast and would like to support the show and help cover our monthly costs, we have several ways to do that. You can become a $3 a month supporter, shop our merchandise store or our show sponsors, and rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for your continued support of our show and for sharing it. Yes, thank you.